So people have asked me all kinds of questions about what I think is going to happen in the market for small businesses due to COVID and the pandemic. And I've, I've shared those opinions on my channel. Today, we're going to find out what actually has been happening in the market for small businesses since COVID came out. So let me share my screen. Just one second. Perfect. All right. So first of all, I'm David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com. If you go to davidcbarnett.com, you're going to come to this webpage. It's my blog. If you haven't done it yet, I would recommend that you come over here and go down here on the left-hand side. There's a place where you can sign up for my email list and it, it ensures that you don't miss any of my new videos. If you sign up for the, the weekly new video digest, but if you're interested in any of these other topics, buying, selling, personal finance, small business management, I send out emails usually every day based on one or two or those topics and uh, you'll get more of me. It's, it's really, and that's a, for the price, it's a great deal. Um, so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the Q2 2020 market pulse report, which is put out by the international business brokers association and the M and a source. Now, for those of you who've never seen this report before, I'm gonna put a, a link to this report, the PDF, in the notes down below if you'd like to download and look at it yourself. But the IBBA is the International Business Brokers Association and the members of the IBBA are amongst the most professional, educated, well-prepared business brokers out there. Um, and they're a part of this association, number one, for training, Number two, to be associated with each other, to talk to each other, to learn from each other, et cetera, and to, to forward the industry. So, you know, the, the people who are a member of this are a small group, and there are certain statistics in here that kind of bear out just who these people are. I'll point some of those things out to you. But I think it's a great insight because I don't really think that there's any other broker group putting out data like this that showing the change in trends. And we're gonna see that COVID definitely has had some impact on the market. Uh, M&A source is for the middle market stuff. So the bigger size transactions, and you'll see that in this report. Um, these are the people, the IBBA and the M&A source that put this thing together. And the very first thing that uh, we're talking about is the, the delays for closing of deals in Q2. So if you recall, uh, Q2 would be April, May, and June of 2020. And so the pandemic hit in March. That's when we had the business closures, the shutdowns, all that kind of thing. And the categories of businesses that this report deals with, they put the main street businesses into three categories based on the selling price. So under 500K, 500K to a million, 1 million to 2 million. I'm mostly going to be looking at the... <laughs> Oh, excuse me. I'm mostly going to be looking at the main street deals for this report. 37% um, of the deals were delayed by the buyer in the main street category. And there's, there's a further breakdown here, but you know, financing the banks delaying deals was a big part of it. Um, the seller creating delays or causing delays in the financing. But as you can see, the buyer was the biggest one. I think this makes absolute sense because buyers in Q2 may have, these are deals that were probably being worked on before the pandemic. And so they were moving forward under all kinds of assumptions about business carrying on in 2020, the way it had in 2019. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. And I can tell you from my own experience with the people that are in the business buyer adventure group coaching program, that many of them became hesitant 
and we're looking for some of them were looking for reasons for the deal to be delayed that wouldn't be pinned on them. The bankers oftentimes provided those reasons uh, just because everyone wanted to see what exactly is going to happen. Um, are essential businesses going to be impacted in a bad way? Um, you know, is and remember at the beginning of Q2, people were believing that uh, this COVID-19 was going to be causing people to just be dropping dead in the streets. You know, if you just watch the media out of China, that you get that impression. As we've seen now in August of 2020, um, yes, it's it's a very contagious virus. The number of deaths, I think, has been far lower than what people were expecting. And so as new information comes out, people are becoming more and more comfortable with the idea of operating a business under this pandemic scenario um, with, you know, sort of added burdens on business, you know, rules for social distancing, masks, all this kind of thing, depending on where you are. People are finding a way to muddle through and to make businesses work. But there's a an interesting quote here I want to re, I want to highlight for you. Um, and this says, what we've been hearing is that some lenders have chosen to focus on their existing portfolio, said Steve Mariani, owner of Diamond Financial Services. Those that stayed in the market are taking a slightly more conservative approach, reducing the multiples they will lend against. Now, I can tell you that at different points during the second quarter, I'd sent emails to different bankers um, asking them what was going on. And the general consensus I got from Canadian bankers is that it was business as usual and that they were just being very careful that they verified the income of the business. So if it was a business that was still functioning, the loan probably would still go through with a little more scrutiny. Uh, the American bankers who replied to my emails, a lot of them simply said, our, our doors are closed to new application because we're busy with these PPP loans. And as we'll see, um, there are some other comments here about lenders with PPP loans, but that was one of the big delays in the banking system that created uh, you know, bankers to have to slow down is that they were busy helping their existing clients with those government-backed um, lending programs to help them survive the, the pandemic. Here's the actual, this is Q1 versus Q2. Um, and as you can see in Q1, there were a bunch of businesses, 35% were temporarily closed, 40% partial capacity, a few benefited and 21 were unaffected. In the second quarter, partial capacity remained almost the same, but the temporarily closed reduced significantly uh, to 13%. Back to full capacity, um, these you know, are businesses that were either closed or partial that were returned to full capacity, 26%. A few more people were benefiting and the number of people that remained unaffected shrank. So I'm not clear if it was positive or negative, but this is the other quote here. Lenders had other priorities in Q2. They were overwhelmed by government assistance programs and were fo focused on triage among their existing loan portfolio, said Barry Berkowitz, principal of Berkowitz Acquisitions. We believe that lenders are just now moving out of the emergency response mode so they can actively pursue new business again. And I would, my experience is exactly in line with uh, what Mr. Berkowitz says. Um, and it was towards mid to end of June, I started to get emails from American bankers I'm connected to actually saying to me, hey, we're open for business. We're looking at new applications. So this next section is kind of interesting. Uh, COVID-19 is not the only factor for, for things going, slowing down in this market. Um, you know, 
protests, election activity, or riots. Uh, I'm interested, it's interesting to see that they've separated COVID-19 from state shutdowns. Um, I would imagine if you were a company, a manufacturing firm, and you made things and, you know, really you didn't have to close down because you weren't serving the public. But if your customers were forced to close down, then obviously that would have an impact on you, which you could probably categorize as state shutdown being the reason for, for things turning down instead of the COVID-19. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Look at this quote here. Um, Unfortunately, our brains have a built-in negativity bias, especially when dealing with so much uncertainty. I think that's some of what we're seeing in the seller's market sentiment right now, said Pino Baccinello, principal at Pacific M&A and business brokers. The hurdles are not insurmountable. As we all get a little more comfortable with remote negotiations, we'll be able to move past a lot of temporary delays. And look at, look at this. So the report doesn't actually define what it means by seller sentiment. But what I'm assuming it means is that this is the level of optimism that someone has as a seller that they're going to be able to sell their business. And as you can see across every category, under 500K, 500 to a million, 1 million to 2 million, 2 to 5, 5 to 50, all of these categories, the sellers have become more pessimistic with respect to selling their business, which makes sense because we, as we know, there's all this uncertainty. Now, what's interesting though, is that what, what then are the trends in prices? Because if you go back to the live streaming broadcast I did in March, I said that I didn't think prices would be affected. What I thought would be affected were the terms of sale. I thought that we would have more people going into sort of earnouts or seller financing with offsets, et cetera. And You'll see here, this guy's talking about the, the mid-market. We've talked with multiple private equity firms. They're estimating the flow of potential new deals coming their way is down 50 to 70% over 2019. And you'll recall, if you watched the live stream back in March, what I said is that if, if people didn't need to sell, they weren't going to. If they thought that there was any reason why their business might be, you know, have a lower value than what they wanted and they could afford to withdraw from the market and wait a few years, that that's what they would do. And that's what this guy is saying is that the deal flow is down and that buyers have also left the market too out of uncertainty. But because there are still some deals and still some buyers, there's still competition uh, for these deals. And what this I thought was surprising is that you'll see, this is the median realized versus asking price. So what business is actually sold for as a percentage of their asking price. And you'll see that um, in 2019, that businesses under half a million sold for 90% of their asking price. And in Q2 2020, they're selling for what looks like 89% of their asking price. And you go, wow, that's barely changed. A couple of things I wanna point out about this. Because these are IBBA members, the businesses tend to be priced more accurately from the get-go. So the asking prices are more in line with what the businesses are realistically worth. Um, you know, in general, in the business brokerage market, businesses tend to be overpriced, sometimes 30, 40, 50, hundred um, percent. These brokers wouldn't likely do that. These prices would be more in line, but look at this. So the two to $5 million uh, market. So this is the entry level of the lower mid market back in Q2 2019 
these businesses tend to sell for their asking price. And now they're selling for 91%. This is the biggest move out of all of them. Why is that? Well, if you, if you watched my recent video of, um, or maybe it was an email, I talked about the pig peg line. Um, when you cross over a certain level of revenue, you move from the main street market into the lower middle market. The change in multiples tends to be a big jump there. And so businesses that are just barely across that line, I could easily understand buyers, you know, sort of pulling the multiple back towards the main street side a little more. And that is probably the reason why there's such a big drop on that one. Now, this next page is going to get very interesting. So, sorry, I made notes here on paper. So I skipped ahead, but um, so there's that big drop multiples. So Q2, this is what they're saying here for the first time in survey history, median multiples dip below two for the smallest main street businesses, notably other main street businesses matched market peaks. So if we look at, here's the most recent quarter and you can see 2016 Q2, these small businesses were at 2.3 times and they kind of fell to two. And then in Q2 2020, they fell to 1.8. So the prices have fallen a little bit, but in some of these other categories, year over year, they're, they're remaining strong, okay? I thought that was interesting because it, it kind of contradicts the idea of business prices falling because of uncertainty, except in the smallest category. But this is the one that blew me away until I had time to think about it. So cash at close, it says year over year trends show a slight downtick in cash at close in most sectors with corresponding increases in seller financing or earnouts. So cash at close, seller financing, earnout, retained equity. So, so just to clarify what we're talking about here, this is the total amount of money that the seller got on closing day. It's a combination of the bank loan that the buyer took and the buyer's own money. And the seller financing is the note that the seller took, okay? And so, you know, these numbers, if we compare Q2 2019 with Q2 2020, look at these. There's actually more cash at close in Q2 2020 for the 500 to 1 million businesses than there was in 19. The less than 500,000 is definitely down, but the one to 2 million Look at that, 85, 85. So, you know, I was talking about greater flexibility in terms. Other people in this report were talking about how they thought that there was going to be more, there were going to be more earnouts. They thought that there was going to be more seller financing, et cetera. The numbers aren't bearing that out. And I was thinking, thinking, thinking about that. And then I realized. Um, you know, one of the biggest topics of conversation that is going on right now in my business buyer adventure group coaching program is that the people who have deals on the go are all trying to get their deals closed before a magical day in September, which is the cutoff day for when the CARES Act SBA loan subsidy ends. And for those of you who don't know, and this is important because while this is the International Business Brokers Association report, um, largely this is an American based organization. 
The next largest national cohort is probably Canada, but they probably represent 10% of the numbers here, okay, of, of the transactions. So what, what, what's going on here? Well, the CARES Act came into effect on March 27th, and it had a whole bunch of different things in it to help businesses survive the pandemic. One of the things that's in the CARES Act is that um, anyone who has an SBA loan, the federal government is making six payments for them. And anyone who gets a new SBA loan before this cutoff date in September uh, gets to enjoy the same benefit. So the government will make six payments for them. So I was blown away by the fact that the CARES Act isn't even a part of the discussion in this report. And maybe for Q, the Q3 report, maybe they can, they can add this if they watch my videos. But let's theoretically think about this. If we're talking about a $1 million business and the, the seller is going to get 85% cash at close. Well, under a lot of SBA financing loans, the 7A program, the buyer might have to put 10% down, let's say. So let's say the theoretical buyer put $100,000 down on this million dollar business and borrowed $750,000 on an SBA loan. That would total up to 85% cash. So I went over here to this uh, amortization calculator website that I found. And I put in 750,000 on a 10 year term at 6% interest starting in July, 2020. Okay. Just cause I wanted six payments to end up above this total line. And so if you had bought this business and you borrowed $750,000 under an SBA 7A program, um, you would get the first six payments made by the federal government, which would total 22,154 in interest and 27,805 in principal. And if you add those together, it's like just a few dollars under 50 grand. So, which is a great round figure for me to use in this illustration. So let's go back to the report. If I put in $100,000 and I'm going to have $50,000 of loan payments I don't have to make in the first six months that I own the business, effectively, I could take back half my down payment, right? So the effect that the CARES Act is having is a, a, it's a fundamental market manipulation because what's happening is the federal government is subsidizing the acquisition of small businesses during this period and creating an incentive for people to borrow a lot of money just like they always have because they wanna maximize this incentive, right? And so I would love to see a question in the Market Pulse report where they ask people um, if the CARES Act was an influence on trying to get the deal closed in a certain time frame. Because you know, the buyers I'm working with, any of them that are close enough to getting a deal done, they are all trying to get it done before that deadline because they want the free money, which is a perfectly natural you know, sort of response to incentive. Uh, uh, you know, so anyway, so I think this is what's missing from this because it's definitely creating a market distortion that we're observing here because given all the uncertainty and the unknowns, the opinions of the experts should be holding more water. Um, you know, there should be more seller financing. And, you know, I suppose you could argue that 13% versus eight is more, um, but anecdotally, on with the help I'm giving to certain people working on deals, if there's no SBA loan involved, it's 
it's not like 13% seller financing. Deals are being done with 30, 40, 50% seller financing um, because the buyers are worried that the business won't perform because of all the conditions around the pandemic. So let's, let's carry on down here because there's some other interesting stuff in the know your buyer section. So know your buyer in the smallest businesses, 47% are motivated to buy a job. So these are people who want to be self-employed. They have a job seeker hat on and an investor hat. And as you move up to the larger businesses, this motivated to buy a job continues to be big, you know, 44, 43, 47%. So as people's unemployment benefits run out and as people, you know, increasingly have a harder and harder time finding employment as the number of businesses grows who fail because of the pandemic and the riots and the protests and all the other stuff that's going on. Um, what I can see, and this is kind of what I saw back in the recession of 2008, is that there were more and more people entering the market who may have access to cash from retirement savings or home equity or whatnot that can't find a job and they're willing to buy a business in order to secure income for themselves. So it could actually become a good time for someone to sell a business uh, if they can keep their business on the rails and if they can keep the profitability and keep the customers and keep things, keep things working. And the reason for selling, of course, hasn't really changed much. Retirement is one of the biggest things. And what I'm hearing anecdotally is that there are a lot of people out there who are just realizing through the pandemic that they don't want to wait around forever to have time to enjoy with family and, and all that kind of stuff. They, if they've been thinking about retiring, now they really want to get it done. And the pandemic has helped to sort of demonstrate, you know, to them that they have to, they have to act now. Um, and then the last section here, what are they buying? Um, basically, look, it's a, it's a mix of what are the most independently owned business categories out there. So restaurants, business services, personal services dominate the smallest category, sold at the lowest multiple because these are the businesses that have the lowest barriers to entry. Um, you know, the businesses where the, they have the least amount of pricing power, et cetera, et cetera. And this is why they're selling, according to this report, for 1.8 times earnings. And then as you get into the bigger businesses, you typically get businesses that have a little more in the way of a, of a moat uh, around them as far as limiting uh, competition, or that become more capital intensive, you know, see manufacturing, construction, engineering, et cetera. Um, and so it's just exactly what you would expect. Anyway, um, if you think that uh, it's time for you to buy a business, then you should head on, head on over to businessbuyeradvantage.com. That is where you're going to find uh, my online course, Business Buyer Advantage. And then if you want some further help after that, then you can always consider my coaching program. And with that, I'll see you later and um, stay safe. Cheers.